This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Welcome back. You are listening top of the hour on WMSC Upper Montclair. Ladies and gentlemen. And this is Match Week. Guys, we are finally back from my European vacation. Yes, I know, it's crazy. You haven't heard my voice in a little bit. I know everybody misses me. Is what it is. We have a lot to talk about while I've been gone. Um, There's been so many different transfer rumors. There's been so many different results happening with certain clubs that you're not expecting. Everything and anything has been happening, and I am very, 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 very excited today. So just to let you know what is going to be happening today. First... I'm going to just uh, wallow in tears about Manchester United. That's what we're going to start off with. Uh, just me being utterly upset with my team and how horrendous they are. Then we're going to do predicting the Premier League. Now, we're going to be predicting 1st to 20th. We're going to see who can place where. I want to set this benchmark now, even though, yes, I know we're two weeks in, blah, 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 whatever. I'll do this to the best of my ability because... I I was in Europe while I was gone. I wasn't able to have time to record an episode while I was out there. Um, So this is going to be the episode of predicting the Prem 1st to 20th. And then we're going to do a weekend roundup after we're done with the show. I mean, after I'm done predicting the Prem, not done the show. We still got a long ways to go before the show's over. So first things first, Manchester United. They're horrendous. They're bad. Um, I hope everyone gets fired. I hope Ronaldo gets sold. Yes, I'm saying this right now. I'm benchmarking it right there. This team is utterly 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 molded and it is uh like decaying like this team is at its worst right now and i think the only way to really make it as good as it could possibly be is just by just clearing house everyone from the owners all the way to the to the sporting directors because clearly i see ten hog having an idea and a, a way of fixing this team and nobody is really helping out in this case um, it really is just a, a solo job for him, and we can't really just expect him to do it all by himself. And we see this in the results. First two games, he gave chances to players like McTominay, to Fred, to McGuire, um, even Rashford, Sancho, trying benching Ronaldo, see how that went. And these players just don't care. They're, rot- they're rotten to the core. None of them really care about the club anymore. We just need a whole refresh, slow rebuild. Like, if we see how Arsenal has done it. Arsenal, over the span of four or five years, has slowly gotten rid of all their dead wood, has slowly built a new culture at the club, building up a new team, and now they're at, they have a team this season where they can actually be title, <laughs> they, they can be title contenders. It's actually insane. Um, and uh, Dayon's texting me. Dayon, we love you out there, so thank you for listening. Um, he says Musk for owner. Even though Elon Musk is joking about it, please just anyone buy this club at this point. But that's my little Man United rant we're doing. That's all I'm going to talk about, Manchester United. I'm I'm tired of them. I'm just saying this, like, done with. If we lose against Liverpool in the weekend, I hope we get relegated at this point. Um, anyways, now we're going to be moving on to predicting the Premier League. Now, this is one of the toughest things to do because as we've talked on the show before, Maz and I, we did a mid-season prediction with um, with a whole bunch of people. Uh, it, it, was, it was just tough. It's very, very tough to... Uh, sort of get that point across and that idea in of who, what, where, and how. 
uh, especially with a lot of these teams that are molding and evolving and really adjusting to how they're being played and stuff. So we're just going to have to move and see from there. Um, and we're just going to go right into it. So I'm a, I'm, but the way I'm going to be doing this is that I'm going to be giving my rationale for each pick uh, based off of not just transfers coming in, but uh, also based off of whether or not the team is competent enough or the manager is involved or maybe what the World Cup's going to play into effect for some of these teams because we still don't know yet if the Premier League's going to do a halt, like a winter break, or they're still going to be playing. There's This hasn't been announced yet. The Prem hasn't really discussed it. So we're going to be going into the, going into it from there like this. So, <laughs> so um, my I'm letting everyone know right now. I have my... my, my predictions written right in front of me these are going to be the most controversial predictions possible i made it like this because i've given up all hope on on football i've manchester United has really depleted me of love for this game right now so my my 20 is going to be absolutely insane so first things first my 20th place team is Bournemouth, yes, Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth, I'm just going to real quickly discuss probably with some of their notable players they have. They signed Neto, which I thought was a very impressive signing from them. Uh, Neto is someone who was at Barcelona for the longest time. Uh, he really didn't get to have a chance to shine because, obviously, how are you going to start over at Ter Stegen? He's always been a solid goalkeeper. So, kudos to Bournemouth for signing him. But then again, it is still a Scott Parker team. And the last time Scott Parker managed in the Prem, he was with Fulham. So there's not that much to trust there. Next, uh, outside of the goalies, you, they, they have the new signing of Ryan Fredericks as well, which I do respect, but he's injured. Um, I think maybe uh, Marco Sensai, a new signing as well. I think they got him from Feyenoord. He's decent. Um, James Hill, he's been there. But, I mean, losing Gary Cahill, even at his age, is still tough for them. And then they still have players like Junior, uh, how do you pronounce the last name? I don't want to disrespect it. Junior uh, Stanislas. I know he's originally of, of Dutch descent, um, and then he switched to English. I remember that. You also have Jefferson Lerma, who's always been solid, but I mean, but the issue is that like, a lot of these players I'm going to read off for you, they're just like half decent. Like Ben Pearson, they bought they bought him last season uh, from Bristol, and he's been, he played all the Premiership of uh, the Championship. He was decent. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just sort of how we're going. Ben Ben Pearson's half decent. Joe Rothwell injured. I mean, David Brooks, he's young. I mean, Marcus Tavernier was a great signing. I thought he was great for Middlesbrough, a solid, solid championship player, but I, I just don't see it panning out well in the Prem. But I want him to do well. I mean, for strikers, usually they have a load of strikers to work with, like players like Dominic Solanke, Kiefer Moore, Ryan Christie, Jamal Lowe, uh, Jaden Anthony, like all these players who are championship proven, but they're just not like they're just not good enough. I feel like they rode off the high of making it into the playoffs, and a lot of championship teams is either they start hot and end cold, or they start cold and end hot, and that's how they really get promoted half the time. So Bournemouth is one of the relegate this is one of the teams I have predicted going back down the championship. Yes, only one of the new pro, newly promoted teams is getting relegated that I have predicted. So good luck to Bournemouth. Bournemouth, I hope you have a great a great season honestly. I I don't want to see it's tough for me cuz like I think every team this season I see in the prem is one of the teams I've liked in the prem so far. Um there are they're fun teams and it's nice to see them back, but I don't see them making it far. Now next, we have Oh, God, they're saying sorry. Uh, next, we have Southampton at 19th. Now, Southampton um, 
are a team that have survived in the Prem for the longest time with having... I mean, they've always had a solid squad. They, they, they used to produce phenomenal youth. I mean, we all know the season they had last year with saving themselves. Um, this is the first time in Southampton's, like, actual history that I don't see them having a solid goalkeeper because they still rely on the on the likes of Wilfred Caballero. They still rely on Alex Bacardi. They brought in Gavin Bazunu, but he's still not proven. I mean, in the back, they have Bednarek is honestly sensational. I have, I have a lot of respect for Jan Bednarek. He's really good. Kyle Walker-Peters has had a revival at this club. Southampton with Kyle Walker-Peters, he's become a new man. He's looked absolutely sensational at Southampton. Big respects to him because Todd and him never really respected him that much. And then you have someone like Val- Valentino Livermento, who came from Chelsea's Youth Academy, who has bi- has lit up the Premier League. Like This is one of the four or five exited Chelsea Youth Academy players that have become sensational for their new clubs. And then you have the likes of Saliasu, and then that's really it. They really don't have that solid of a defense that you can really rely on. Uh, it's just, it's tough. It's, it really is just tough. So uh, the defense is not looking that good. Midfield, they still rely on player, players like Theo Walcott. Now, if we're talking about Theo Walcott of 2013, I'd understand 110%. Young guy, fast on the pitch, is able to pro- pro- progress the ball really, really well. But he's just not the player he used to be. He's old. He can't keep up with the Premier League pace anymore. Um, Nathan Redmond was a starlet that just never came to be. Um, it was uh, it's it just not in the cards for him. He's half decent. Um, Rome- Oriol Romeo is someone who I've never liked. I, I don't think he's good enough to be in the Premier League. I don't know how he's still playing the Prem. Um, I do have to say, Joe Rebo, that signing from Rangers, I thought was a really good signing. Uh, it was fun, but it, then again, they were relying on a lot of young and unproven players, especially in the in the strike force. Because in the strike force, they only have Adam Armstrong, Che Adams, and Sekumara. Sekumara is very um, is a very new player. I don't see him getting any minutes. He's twenty years old. I don't think he's gonna do that well. Che Adams, granted, he was good last year, but he only had like a handful of goals. It was him and Broya uh, playing. He only had seven goals and three, ten goal contributions. But still, when you had someone else playing, when they had, I think, what was it? Broya had six goals, like nine goal contributions. So that's 19 goals together right there. And if you're missing on the nine, like, where are you going to get all those goals from? That's the thing. I mean, they still have players like Musa uh, Nyepo. Uh, they have Ibrahim Diallo, who's a young and thriving midfielder. But... I mean, I just I don't see this team doing well. So Southampton is my pick for 19th place. Next, for 18th, Maz, you're going to be upset with me. I have Wolves getting relegated. I'm sorry. Wolves is just not going to be good enough this year. Um, the, the only other team that I could probably swap out Wolves for to get relegated is Man United, but I don't see Man United get relegated unless we lose this weekend than I do. But. Wolves, I they just haven't improved in their strike force. They always had a solid team. Like, they, they have players like Pedro Neto coming back from injury. They have Patrick Cutrone coming back from loan. Um, they have Huangi Chan, who just hasn't performed. Potence, who's not really a goal scorer. Adama Traore is back, but is he going to play? And he is he going to play up front? Or is he going to play as a wing back? We don't know. Uh, Raul Jimenez is injured again. Uh, they brought in Gonzalo Guedes, but I don't think that's enough to help at all. And uh, I know people are going to be freaking out at me. Wolves to get relegated. Yes, Wolves to get relegated. 
And I know I have everyone freaking out my phone right now saying they signed Gonzalo Guedes. That's not enough. I'm sorry. Matias Nunez is not going to help him either. The, the team is... People don't understand how doomed they are because they've gotten rid of Connor Cody, and they're relying right now on the likes of Nathan Collins and Max Kilman to survive as a back to as a as a two center back pairing, who is just not good enough. I think they're going to leak a lot of goals this season. I think their over reliance on Jao Moutinho and Ruben Neves is really just going to strike them where it matters. I mean, granted, they have Morgan Gibbs White coming back, and Morgan Gibbs White had a sensational season in the championship on loan, and he was really really good. But I just don't know where the goals are coming from. I, I don't see it. Like, Gonzalo Guedes, he's never been an out-and-out goal scorer. He's been a phenomenal creator. Maybe that link-up with Huang Yi Chan might prove me wrong, or even Patrick Cutrone might live up to the name that he had. So we'll see from there. Pedro Neto, I'm excited for because he was out for the majority of last season with an injury. So this is going to be a very, very exciting time for Wolf. This is basically going to be a bust or a huge hit. Like, it's either they're going to get relegated this season or they're making top seven, in my opinion. And those are the only two things I see Wolves doing. I don't see them getting anywhere in between because it's either this team hits their stride, hits the potential, or they're going to crumble, honestly. And that's just because of their back line. I mean, granted, in goal, they have Jose, Jose Sa, who had a, probably was one of the best goalkeepers in the world last season for Wolves. He was absolutely sensational. I've never seen a player play better than him in the Prem for such a low-level side. Like, it was actually sensational from him. So, Wolves, 18th. Now, now the team that I don't think is going to drop back and survive the drop is Nottingham Forest. He, I have them at 17th place. Nottingham Forest is a really exciting prospect just because I have a lot of respect for the coach, Steve Cooper, who has, was able to take loanies and take random players and really make them fit into a system is a really great motivator and he's tactically done well for the team this is someone who I have a lot of respect for I think can do very 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 well Steve Cooper is, is a A-class coach and I could see him getting a bigger job in the future Dean Henderson in goal is what also makes me think they're going to survive because he's someone when he played for Sheffield United he was the reason why they stayed up for that one season he was absolutely sensational a great goalkeeper I wish we could have him right now to start for Manchester United over De Gea, but we can't. He's loaned out, so be it. We got to live. Defensively, this is where I'm excited about because they brought in players like Omar Richards, Musa Niakate. Uh, they brought in Nico Williams. Like This is a very, very, very exciting back line with having some older, more respectful players like Steve Cook, uh, Cook sorry, and Scott McKenna. Like, this is a very, very exciting back line with having a mix of young and vetted players. So, it's going to be great. And they've also signed players like Cheku Kuyate from Crystal Palace, who's always been a solid Premier League player. Harry Arter finally making his uh, his debut back into the Premier League after being uh, playing for relegated clubs for a long time. They've also brought in players like Remio Froehler from Atalanta, who is a class player from Switzerland. Like, I don't think... If you've ever seen Atalanta play, Romeo Froehler has been absolutely sensational for them. Like, he was class. Jesse Lingard, Jay Lings, I love him. I wish he never left Manchester United. I have much, much respect for him. He's the Jay Kings. Yes, Dayon, you are 110% correct. Um, Jesse Lingard, I think he just needs a couple of games to adjust to this newer team. I think Steve Cooper is going to use him very, 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 very well. And he's going to, I think he's going to have a sensational season. I think it's going to be of the likes of when he was at West Ham. Uh, they also brought in, I'm trying to make sure I do my due diligence. Yeah, I think those are some of the new signings to the midfield. Um, 
And then they also brought in Emmanuel Dennis. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Emmanuel Dennis was a player for Watford. Him and uh, Saar were a sens- sensational link-up for Watford. They were the only reason why they even scored some goals. They still got relegated, but Emmanuel Dennis having 14 goal contributions playing for a relegated team was very, very, very impressive, which is why I think that they're going to keep up in the attack. Granted, they have a whole bunch of other unproven talents in the front, but... It's still going to be a fun, fun time. Like, Nottingham Forest is a fun team, and I'm excited to watch them. And I am 110% buying a Jesse Lingard jersey from Nottingham Forest. Uh, my dad's listening. Dad, I'm so sorry, but that's what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, Nottingham Forest, I have surviving the drop at 17th place. They're just going to survive at the skin of their teeth, in my opinion. And real quick, you are listening. Top of the hour on WMC Upper Montclair. Next, for 16th place, I have Everton surviving. Now, the reason I say this is because I saw them play their first two games and they looked really, really solid. They were missing that 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 one piece of like I don't know how to explain it. like that little oomph in the front, like that one missing piece into the puzzle of really securing it. Like Frank Lampard, I think has been half decent manager so far. I mean, he kudos to him to helping them survive last year, especially with the signing of bringing in Donny Van de Beek on loan and bringing in someone like Adeli Ali. Them two really helped them survive the drop. Um, I have no faith in Jordan Pickford whatsoever, but he's still going to be in goal, so whatever happens, happens. Uh, the signing of Connor Cody and James Tarkowski is excellent from them. I mean, this is something that you should be really ins- excited for if you are an Everton fan, because those two are very solid English center backs. You're gonna, you could probably have a back three of Michael Caine, Connor Cody, James Tarkowski, or if Yerry Mina is not injured, he starts. You still have Mason Holgate, Ben Goffrey. He unfortunately got injured in that Chelsea game, which was very, very sad. But, you know, we got to move on from there. It sucks. But, you know, uh, young players like Mikolenko, uh, you also have Nkuku who came there. Uh, not the one that we're thinking of from um, from Leipzig. It's a different one. It's, it's the same thing, but it's pronounced differently. Now, for midfielders, the only thing I'm worried about is that they rely on players like Andros Townsend. But if you look at this midfield, I'm going to read off like every single midfielder they have because it's actually insane, the, the, the midfields they have. So Andros Townsend, Allen, uh, Decore, Andre Gomez, Deli Alley, uh, John Philippe Gabamin, Damari Gray, Alex Wolby, Tom Davies, Ruben, uh, I'm just going to call him Ruben. Uh, the last name's a little too risky for me. Uh, Anthony Gordon, Dwight McNeil, Nathan P- uh, Patterson, um, Onana. Like, this is a, a fully like depth out team that you have to be worried about in the midfield. And then they only have one striker in Dominic Calvert-Lewin and a backup in Solomon Rondon. So it's just, I, I really like their midfield. Their midfield has the ability to create, to progress the ball, to be really uh, forward with it, but they don't have a goal scorer. They lost for Charleston. They just they're missing that one piece up front, that real one connecting piece. Like they needed Emmanuel Dennis to play at striker. That that's a team that was desperate for him. But is what it is. We have to move on from that. So Everton sixteenth. At fifteenth, I have Fulham. And the main reason why I have Fulham at fifteenth surviving the drop is because of the Serbian beast. Yes, that's right. I'm calling him a beast. Um Mitrovic. Mitrovic I've I've never seen someone dog Van Dyke like that in my life. That was absolutely sensational from him. Uh, this team looks very exciting as well, especially under new management of Marco Silva, who was 
in charge of Watford before, took over from Scott Parker. Um, they brought in someone like a like a like a like a Burton Leno for goalkeeper, which is really solid. Uh, they bought a Shane Duffy from uh, Brighton, if I'm not mistaken, which is okay. Only I'm worried about is that Joe Bryan is injured, uh, which is a bit of a worry. He's really solid left back. They brought in Kevin and Babu from Wolfsburg, which is a great great signing. Kevin Mbabu is an actual, actual good signing. They have Anthony Robinson to fill in, which is good. Uh, Issa Diop they bought as well. Like This is going to be a solid defense, in my opinion. It just depends whether they mesh well or not. And Tim Ream, uh, me and Besmer fight about this all the time. He's not good enough to be in Premier League. Sorry. Um, next, we have midfielders. Tom Kearney. Let me know what you guys think about Tom Kearney because he's someone who was seen to be a starlet, a young star, meant to be doing well, but just didn't hit the potential or the heights that he had. So I was a little worried. Um, Nathaniel Chalaba, yes, Trevor Chalaba's older brother. They signed him from Wofford, really good player. Um, I mean, they they bought Balhinia, who's really good. Andreas Pereira looked great for Fulham. I He never played that well for Manchester United, so also, he put in a phenomenal performance for them, so it's great to see. Uh, in, in the attack, yes, they have Mitrovic, but they brought in players like uh, uh, Harry Wilson. They have uh, Jay Stansfield, Rodrigo Munez. Uh, they have some injured players like uh, Manor Solomon. They have Bobby Reed. They have Anthony Knockhart still. So it's I see them being a solid team. I, I see them being 15th. They're going to do well. Now, for 14th place, everyone's going to be surprised by this. But the American takeover in Leeds is going to happen, Okay. Leeds is going to be 14th place, in my opinion. They have a team managed by Jesse Marsh, one of our own. What a great man. A great manager. Was never respected enough at the Red Bull system. You know, like that whole organization never really respected him enough. Um, Also bringing in uh, players like Joel Robles is decent. Um, They have a solid uh, goalkeeper in uh, Messlier, French. He's really good. The defense is... Defense is the only thing I'm slightly worried about for for Leeds, just because uh, it just doesn't. It's not convincing enough. Like Liam Cooper injured, Luke Ayling injured, but it's still not good enough. Stuart Dallas, he's a hybrid of a defender and a midfielder, someone who I like watching at that right wing back role. Looks really good. Diego Lorente is not good enough. Uh, Koch is half decent. Christensen, I hope he hits the ground running and does well. Junior Furpo was someone who I originally thought was going to be a good move for, but just hasn't proven it enough, plus he's injured. Pascal Struk looks decent. Um, I, I think he's okay. Cody Dr- uh, Draymond, uh, I mean, there's nothing convincing in the defense which worries me, but in the midfield is where it's exciting. Having players like Brendan Arison, Tyler Adams, um, Mark Roja coming in, Adam Forshaw is half decent. Klitsch is a solid player for Leeds. I have a lot of respect for Klitsch. Um, I mean, Ian Poveda, I think he's going to be good too, but there's no like, there's no solidity in that. Now, I love the signing of Luis Sinistera. Absolutely sensational. Great signing. I'm just worried that they don't have a real backup striker for Patrick Manfred. Again, another team in the Premier League that just doesn't have enough strike force like i see them uh like producing a lot creating a lot but then not a solid strike force because 
they have Daniel James, who we love. We absolutely love Daniel James on this show. I don't know about everyone else, but me, I'm obsessed with him. I wish he never left Manchester United. Jack Harrison was solid in the MLS, proved his worth in the in the Leeds uh, team, does really well. You also have a Krisenko Somerville, who is a bit unproven to me. He's 20 years old. Um, I think besides this season, he was played last year, but only like six appearances, most off the bench. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's really uncertain with him, but Leeds I have at 14th. I think with the excitement of having players like Tyler Adams and Brendan Harrison, Jesse Marsh in charge, building that system that we all know him to build, it's it's really exciting. That's where I see coming from it. Next, 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 next. Next, we have Brentford at 13. Yes, I know they beat United 4-0. <laughs> but Brentford, I see them at 13th place just because of the quality of some of the other teams in the Premier League. Um, because Brentford are really good at sitting back, absorbing the press, and really countering on these bigger teams. I see them doing that for the majority of the season. I just don't see enough of actual creators in their team, if you get what I'm saying. I mean, granted, they're third place right now, but I don't see that lasting. Because, like, actual good teams, unlike Manchester United, will actually, like, catch them out. Here's the thing that I'm curious about for Brentford, because they have someone in David Raya who has shown time and time again why he's such a phenomenal goalkeeper. Like, he looks really, really good. But then they have someone like Thomas Strakosha, or Albanian, let's go Chipes, come on, Kuchesi. <laughs> but someone like Strakosha, they brought in as a backup, and it's like, both are known to be starters. Strakosha was someone for Lazio, who was an absolute sensation, great goalkeeper. Thomas Frank is a great manager, so I can't see him managing that situation well. Uh, in defense, they bought Ben Mee, which was a great, great signing. I have a, a lot to think about for Ben Mee. He's really, really good. They still have Ayer, Potis Jensen. Um, besides that, I, it's a bit of a hit or miss for me. I mean, uh, midfielders, they still have Norgard, who's good. Um... I'm looking. I mean, they have such a long midfielder list, but... I mean, they got Onyeka. De Silva was really good. Janelle was good. Sergi Kanos. Matthias Jensen. Aaron Hickey. I mean, like, the midfield looks good, but it has to be a collective, like, midfield. Like, there's not going to be no Starlet carrying the midfield. They all They all have to work together. Uh, the forward line, of course, Ivan Tony looks sensational. They brought in Mikhail Damsgaard, who's sensational. Uh, and Buemu looked spectacular on the weekend, really, really giving that United defense a problem, which anyone can do, but still, besides the point. But I see Brentford finishing 13th. Brentford's going to look really, really good. Now, at 12th, this is going to be a bit controversial for some people, but I see Leicester City finishing 12th. Just because they have a lot of injuries, I haven't really seen them um, fixed up their team enough. Like, I don't really see anything convincing. Uh, they sold Kasper Schmeichel, who is a Premier League veteran, someone who's been sensational for that club, helped them win a league. And now they'll have to rely on players like Danny Ward and Alex Smitty's in goal, which is a bit concerning. The defense, this is what I'm worried about for them because they they might be losing Fofana to Chelsea. So Yunchu has just been off. Uh, Johnny Evans, he's such a phenomenal player, but he's just too old. Vestergaard has shown to be a horrendous investment. Ryan Bertrand's injured. Ricardo Pereira's injured. Daniel Almarty plays in the midfield slash defense. We don't know. James Justin's good, 
but I don't think he's good enough to carry that whole defense. It's, Castagne is like a wing back or like a forward more so than an actual defender. So I don't really see anything happening there. In the midfield, if they lose Yuri Tielemans and if they're going to lose players like Samare, I'd be worried. But they do have a young talent in Kiernan Dewsbury Hall, who I see as a starlet. Like, this guy, I see him leaving a Leicester and going to an actual top club. Like, even in this season alone, he already has a goal, like, bagged. And he plays uh, attacking midfield. He plays central midfield. He plays defensive midfield. He plays outright if he needs to. He's a very versatile, very good player. And that's someone who I'd be worried about if I was one of the uh, bigger teams every time I play against Leicester. And then James Madison. James Madison of Norwich City was absolutely on fire, lit it up for them, was really, really great. Leicester signed him. His first season with Leicester, he was insane, looking really good. And then he's hit some, had some injury knocks. He's been looking iffy here or there. There's nothing really, there's nothing really convincing. And obviously they have someone like a Wilfred Ndidi, but Ndidi can only do so much in a midfield by himself. So this is where I'd be a little bit worried. And then in the, up front, I mean, they're still relying on a Jamie Vardy. They have Pat Sendaka. They have Indy Nacho. Uh, Harvey Barnes is injured. I'd be worried about. They still rely on Mark Albrighton. Uh, Leicester, I see them 12th. They usually finish higher, but I don't see them having that good of a season. Next, this is a team that I wish is going to do really well, but I just don't know if their defense is going to gel well together, and I don't know if they're attacking, if their forward line is good enough. So... We're going to be talking about Aston Villa in 11th place. Now, Steven Gerrard did a solid job with them, but I feel like Dean Smith was disrespected by being sacked so early. Uh, in goal, they have Emiliano Martinez, of course. Great. Defense, they have had they have uh, Digne, they have Augustin, they have House, Tyra Mings, uh, Diego Carlos, a new signing, uh, Ezri Konza, who's probably one of the top English center backs right now looking sensational. They do have injuries to House and Matty Cash, which I'd be a worried, little worried about if I was them. And Diego Carlos picked up a knock. He, I've seen him in his first two games, and I don't know if he can handle the Premier League. I think it's a new beast for him. The La Liga is very, very different. Um, I do see him doing well in Europe if Aston Villa ever make it to Europe, but I don't know if I if he can handle the Prem. That's the one thing I'd be a little worried about. Midfield, of course, they have Coutinho. They just signed Morgan Sanson. John McGinn, like, absolutely love the guy. Nakemba's half-decent. Emiliano Buendia has not hit the ground running yet, but I see him being a very great creator, forward passer, sensational. Leon Bailey was injured most of last season, so I hope he's able to recover. Douglas Louise is half decent. Bubakar Kamara was a phenomenal signing. I see him doing well in the Prem. Jacob Ramsey is going to really help that forward line out left or right. He's really young, looking really good. Now, forwards. I think Danny Ings was a, Danny Ings was a worse investment, in my opinion. Let him stay at Southampton. Let him think he's good. Aston Villa should have gone in for someone way more with that Jack Grealish money. Like They had the world to their disposable, disposal, and they, they sort of settled for Danny Ings. Um, Bertrand Traore, I haven't seen that much from him lately. Ollie Watkins is a, has been a sensational signing for him. He's been good. He just needs to be trusted, and I don't think they trust him enough. El Ghazi's always been half-decent, solid. Uh, Aston Villa, they're going to be an 11th-place team for me this season. 
I don't see them getting higher than that just because there's not a lot, a lot of trust in that team. Now, for 10th. 10th, I have Brighton. Now, Brighton, they looked great. Obviously, against Manchester United, they looked great. Uh, who who wouldn't? But they did lose to Brentford, if I'm not mistaken. Or they... No, never mind. They drew to Newcastle. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a different game. They drew to Newcastle, which uh, was a solid for them. Not bad. Because Newcastle is going to be a new and upcoming team with all the money they have now. But Graham Potter, phenomenal coach. In goal, they have Robert Sanchez. Robert Sanchez has been obviously sensational for them. Uh, Lewis Dunk in defense. I mean, here's the thing. Their defensive cover is very small, which is what I'd be worried about if I was a Brighton fan. Like, they only have Lewis Dunk, Adam Ramser, uh, Adam Webster. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Joel Vettman and Levi Colwell. And the other two are just young players they've just bought recently. Midfield, Adam Alana, Pascal Gross, Sally March, who plays left wing slash left wing back. Uh, Alexis McAllister, Mwepu, who's solid. Uh, Motor, from Poland, Jacob Motor, who plays out left, plays out right, plays up top. Really versatile player that helps out. Tariq Lamptey at right back. He's, I don't know why. This is the one thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about why Graham Potter doesn't trust him enough at right back. Because every time we see him in that team, it's like they're sort of elevated. Like the team is just like more has more brevity to them. Like they they're able to just like push on through. I don't know. He doesn't start enough, and I don't know why. There's also players like Moises Caicedo, who United's linking to, but United's linked to everybody, so who could care less. Um, and forward line, Denny Welbeck. I think he's going to have a good season. I can see him having a 10-12 goal contribution season this season. Um, it really looks like he's hitting his stride. He feels confident. Um, he's really being a menace up front. I see him. I, I I think right now he's more reliable than Neil Mupe. But then they have a new signing in, Dennis Undav, who, yes, he's coming from like an unknown league to a lot of people, unknown team, but put up great numbers in where he was playing. And even if he can get... Six goals for a Brighton. That's massive. That can help out tremendously. So I see... Oh, they also have Leandro Trussard, which is going to help out a lot. But, like, Trussard and Saleh March lately have been playing as, like, wingbacks. They're playing a back three with, like, them playing, like, left wing back slash right wing back, progressing up and down that pitch. And I feel like it takes a sting out of their attack not having them more pro- more as a forward progressor than just having to play as a wingback. So Brighton, I have at 10th. Now, this is going to be controversial to a lot of people. Everyone thinks they're going to get relegated, but I don't think so. Man United at 9th. I am of the belief that Manchester United are going to crash and burn this season. Uh, Eric Ten Hag is just going to try and help the team, really adjust them, uh, really just be helpful. I don't see anything more coming out of it this season. Manchester United look hopeless. Uh, it's just... I mean, we, talk, we talked about the beginning of the show. United's a mess. They're horrendous. They're terrible. I don't see them going anywhere. Ninth place is what I'm predicting for them. It's a shame because, you know, you want the team to do well. You want them to thrive. But... Manchester United, ninth place. I, that's where I see them finishing. Next, we have Crystal Palace. Now, Crystal Palace, I felt it was very... Un, like 
I get annoyed when people talk about that Arsenal Crystal Palace game and say that Arsenal breezed through Crystal Palace when they their second goal was from an unlucky Margahi deflection, and them getting very very unlucky with the fact that how do I phrase this? Because you can't say okay. Because I believe that Mark Eze really choked it a lot for them. Um, Eze, he just wasn't good enough. He He'd be in the attacking third. He'd be in the right spots, but just couldn't be clinical enough. Whereas someone like Olise, uh, 110%, was way better of a creator, can actually finish those chances, as we've seen before. And I felt like that's where they missed it. Like, Wilfred Zaha, I see him having a supernova season. He's looking absolutely sensational. They still have the likes of Edward. Um, I, I'd have faith in this team if I was a Crystal Palace fan. Uh, they're, just, they're looking really, really good. I think it's just been unfortunate for them to have a draw and a loss on their record. Because even if you look at their squad, uh, I mean, Jack Butlin they brought in as backup. Sam Johnson is backup. Gaeta is goal. Like, they have three solid goalkeeping options. Uh, Joel Ward, Martin Kelly, Nathaniel Klein, Anderson, Mark Gahey, Chris Richards they've brought in. Tariq Mitchell they have. Like, uh, I, I see them having a good back line. Midfield, uh... This is the thing because like Ebrichay Ezzy, I don't have faith in personally. Ducore is a check Omar Ducore, by the way, not to confuse the one from Everton. Is not good enough. Jeffrey Schulp. I've liked him in this new midfield role he has. It's it was he was playing in a in a three in a three-man midfield as a center mid, and I liked it. Like we're used to him as like a left back or a left wing. This is a really, really nice position for him, and I hope he's able to make it his own. Will Hughes, when he got subbed on against Arsenal, looked class as well. I don't know why he doesn't get enough minutes. Um, Maholovic, uh, I mean, he's been there for the longest time. He's a bit older. He's someone that you need to sub on later on in the game to help stabilize a bit, but I don't see him starting anymore. Reedwald looks decent. Forwards, I'd be worried about Jordan Ayew. Uh, I don't th- like, he looked great, but. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be a guaranteed performance from him every single time because there's times where he's on fire and there's times where he's off. We saw this at Swansea and many other clubs he was at. Uh, Mateta looks so good. Edouard looks good. Zaha class. Olise I'm excited for. Um, they have some younger guys coming in. Uh, Luke Playing and Malcolm Iwobi. Like, I would be very, very excited. I would be very, very excited. Next, at 7th, I have West Ham there again. West Ham... I think because they've been too indecisive with their transfer business that they haven't really been able to solidify where they need to because they have the two solid goalkeeper options in Fabianski and in Areola. In defense, they've sold Diop, and then I haven't really... They, I mean, they granted, they brought in a guard, really good, but still, you sell one guy, bring in another. You need more depth than that in the Premier League especially. Granted, you have Ben Johnson... You have Kurt Zuma, you know, who kicks cats, but whatever. Uh, Aaron Cresswell, half-decent. Craig Dawson's injured. Ogbonna is injured. It's going to be a rough one for them. Midfielders, it's very, very light for them. They only have Lanzini, Declan Rice, uh, Sushek. And in backup, they have Connor Coventry and then Flynn Downs. Um, and the, they've just signed Maxwell Cornet from uh, Burnley, which is a great signing. He can help out left, whether it's left wing or left back. They bought in Skamaka, who's a good striker, to finally help out Mikel Antonio, throw him out right. They have Jared Bowen. They have Saeed Benrama, Pablo Fornals. 
I mean, like, the only thing I'm worried about is that there's not enough depth in this team. And that's where I'd be I'd be scared if I was a West Ham fan. Because even though West Ham are massive, it's still a concern to not have enough enough depth, especially in the Premier League. Now, next, this one is going to be controversial to a lot of people. We are in the top six right now. My top six, people are going to freak out about. So, sixth place, I have Newcastle finishing there. Yes, that's, that is a Qatari or Saudi Arabia. That's Saudi Arabian money is why I believe that Newcastle is going to finish sixth. Because let's look at their team right now. They have Dubrovka in goal. Uh, they have, they just bought Nick Cope. Nick Pope, sorry, not Cope. They are going to cope with the pressure. But Nick Pope, who's great. Uh, in the back, they brought in Matty Ritchie. They have Daniel Byrne, who is class. Fabian Shaw, who's still good. Kieran Trippier, I don't know, before when he was at Tottenham, he didn't really sell it for me. I didn't think he was good enough as like a England national team starter, as a right back. Atletico, he was okay, but at Newcastle, he looks like a new revived player. Like I've never seen him play this well in, in his career, in my personal opinion. He looks so good. Um, LaSalle needs to leave. Not good enough. Manquillo, half decent. Dumit, okay. Matt Target's injured, sadly, but he really does help out with the left back. Jamal Lewis is half decent. New signing Sven Botman, I'd be very excited for. Uh, Daniel Burns, if you have play a back three of Daniel Burns, Fabian Schar, and Sven Botman with Matty Target at left wing back, and then Kieran Trippier at right wing back, which is very exciting for them. John Joe Shelby needs to leave. He's not good enough, sorry. Miguel Almiron, it's a shame he hasn't hit the ground running like he, how he should be. I think that's just because there's certain players that only work in a certain player duo. So him and Jose Martinez, when they played for Atlanta, they were sensational with each other, could find each other easy. But when you separate a player who's helped one another be good, it's sort of tough to expect more from them. Jolington, with his revival as a center mid, box-to-box instead of a striker, is great. He looks really, really good. Maddie and Long, Sean Longstaff are great Bench options, good rotation, but not starters. Bruno Guimaraes, obviously a Champions League quality midfielder's class. Joseph Willick, a waste of $35 million. Um, and Elliot Anderson is just young. We'll see what happens. Chris Wood, what a, what a horrendous signing. I mean, granted, yeah, they try to steal somebody from Burnley, but then they signed Woot Weghorst. Instead of, trying to stay Chris, instead of trying to take Chris Wood, why would you not sign Woot? Ah, it's just, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they do have Callum Wilson. For Ryan Frazier, I haven't been sold on lately. Alan St. Maximan, of course, he always helps out. It's going to be class. Uh, Santiago Munoz, who's on loan right now, looks really, really good. I like him. Uh, I think he's on loan from the Liga at Mekis. Is that mistaken? Yeah, he, he's on He's on loan right now. Um, but he, he's good. I have faith in him. Uh, and Jacob Murphy's a young player coming in. So this Newcastle team's exciting. I think they still have a few more transfers in them. And we'll just see what happens. But I do see them finishing sixth this season. Now, <laughs> there's a certain somebody who's going to be very upset with me with uh, with who I'm going to place in fifth. And they're going to be like, oh, are you kidding me? Do you, not, do you, not, do you know soccer? Come on. Uh, Chelsea are finishing fifth. I'm sorry. They're <sighs> like Todd Bowley is exciting. He's like trying to play football manager. Really, really good. But I don't. I, I I don't see them finishing higher than fifth personally. Fifth place is um is is where they're gonna finish. Mendy's obviously is good. Um, Aspi, I mean yeah. I mean here's the thing because like Koulibaly's been sensational since he came, right? But child, uh, a defensive line of Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, 
Aspi, or even Chalaba. It's just not. It's not good enough. And I know Besmir is going to criticize me like, oh, you know what you're talking about. Da, 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 Chelsea, this, this, and that. I don't care about your Chelsea propaganda. Chelsea's finishing fifth. I'm saying it. Done. Um, using, I do love the signing of Mark Cucurella, though. Cucurella is a class player. He's good for a rotation either left wing, left wing back. Worst case scenario, if Chelsea are desperate for center back cover, he could cover there, which is good. Um, I mean, they still have the likes of Marcus Alonso. He's supposedly confirmed to go to Barcelona, but we're, I don't know where Barcelona's getting the money to even accept him as a transfer, but whatever. Marcus Alonso's gone. Consider him gone. Ross Barkley should have left the club already. Mateo Kovacic is one of the best players in the Premier League. Um, he is injured currently, but it's phenomenal. Jorginho, hate him. Uh, N'Golo Conte, class, but injured. Hakim Ziyech, there's rumors of him leaving. I think this is super disrespectful to this player. Like, he is absolutely sensational. Supposedly, he's supposed to go to AC Milan. Now, supposedly, Manchester United are going in for him. But whatever club he goes to, he's going to be absolutely, like, sensational for. He's a class, class player. I don't think he's respected enough. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, he, there's no reason for him to be in the Chelsea team anymore. I mean, Ben Chilwell, yes, he's a defender, left wing back. It's just everyone's worried about how he's going to bounce back from his injury because obviously everyone knows how much of a great player he is. He's absolutely sensational, great left back, great left wing back, but we just don't know or how he's going to how he's going to come back with injury, you know? But I do see him doing very, very well. Christian Pulisic, come on. Class for them. Can't complain. Mason Mount has been sensational for Chelsea. I can see him being one of the greats. He's so, so good. Reese James, obviously, right back, right, right wing back, so solid. Uh, Hudson Adoy, I think Chelsea should have sold the Bayern when they could have. Billy Gilmore, I'm excited for. Connor Gallagher, I'm excited for. Uh, Chukomaka, I'm excited for. Uh, new signing of Raheem Sterling. I think this is why they're going to... Because granted, they've lost now Timo Werner. Uh, they've been able to get rid of Lukaku. But having a front line of Raheem Sterling, Kai Havertz, and then having Mason Mount as like that right forward, I think is really impressive. Plus having Armando Broja to come off the bench is really helpful. But there's nothing that just convinces me that Chelsea's going to finish. There's nothing that convinces me it's like, that Chelsea's going to finish more than fifth. And Bessie's going to be upset, whatever. They might win Champions League, but who knows. Uh, next, we have Arsenal in fourth place. I think Arsenal have done a great job in their signings. Uh, they've been able to solidify a solid team, a slow build. They have goalkeepers in Aaron Ramsdale and Matt Turner. They sold Leno. Good job. Um, they also have... I mean, I can't rely on Cedric Suarez. Hector Bellerman is back on loan. He did really, really well for Real Betis. Kieran Tierney is also class. Zinchenko should be a midfielder. I saw him debut at left wing back for Arsenal. But having him in a midfield with uh, Thomas Partey and Martin Odegaard, I think is very exciting because he can play that box-to-box role. Let Thomas Partey just absorb the pressure, pick up the balls, spread them out. Let Odegaard just be that sensational attacker that he is. Uh, Tomiyasu's class, obviously. Ben White's really good. Uh, Gabrielle's really good. William Saliba coming back from Marseille, who had a class season. Like, I'd be very excited if I was an Arsenal fan for their defense. Granit Chaka, I mean, he's an Albanian. We love him. He's a great player. He just, I think it's at this time now where Arsenal has a phase out of some of these players. So, like a Granit Chaka, an El Neni, um, and even, I mean, yeah, I think those are the only two of, like, the old, old guard. 
that <laughs> Odegaard, old guard. <laughs> I'm so funny. No, okay, but seriously, uh, Chaka and Elena are players you need to rotate out, and with some newer players, someone who's like better, because he's not good enough to be a top four player. I'm sorry. Uh, Thomas Party, obviously class. Odegaard class. Maitland Niles coming back from Roma had a decent season. And I'm excited for that. There's one player I feel bad for is Emil Smith Rowe because when you've had the likes of Martinelli looking really good and then in the midfield, how are you going to start over Martin Odegaard? Like, it's tough for him to find a spot in this team when everyone knows he's not a world-class, a world-beater, but he's a solid player that you can rely on. And then you have someone in uh, Lokanga who's looking good. Um, Fabio Vieira, uh, not Marquinhos, a center-back you're all going to think of, but there's 19-year-old from Arsenal named Marquinhos. He's half-decent. Why hasn't Nicolas Pepe been sold yet? There's clearly suitors for him, Arsenal. Get it done, please. Gabriel Jesus, an absolutely sensational signing. I called it from the get-go when he left that he's going to have a great season no matter where he went, whether it was Arsenal, whether it was United, no matter what. He looked so good. Uh, Reese Nelson's a solid backup. Enketia and the Jesus link-up is going to be very nice. Saka, obviously good. Martinelli, good. Arsenal is fourth place for me. Now... Third place. Third place. Everyone's going to freak out about this. I have Tottenham finishing third place. Tottenham Hotspur, third place. I think their transfer business has just been absolutely sensational. Like, no one understands. Like, how? Like bringing in a long lay as like a backup good. You have um, Ivan per- Perisic. I mean, Yes, Basuma. Getting being able to get rid of some of like the Deadwood, you got Jed Spence coming in, bringing in Lou Charlison. I mean, look, this team is going to be sensational because you're going to have Lloris starting and you have uh, Fraser Forrester to back him up. You have a back line of Davison Sanchez, Christian Romero, and maybe Eric Dyer as a back three. And then you have uh, Tanganga and Perisic at wing backs. You have Hoidberg in the midfield with Bentaker and Busuma. Um, you have uh, I mean, Jets Penske also filling out the right back, too. Uh, you have Harry Kane, Huming Son, and Richarlison. Kulisevsky has gone absolutely clear at Tottenham, plain and simple. The ginger Swedish man, a phenomenal six months, the last six months of the season. He's on fire still from that momentum. He has been an absolutely class player. Absolutely class. And you have the backups of Lucas Mora and Brian Gill. But... I don't know. If I'm, if I'm a Tottenham spirit, I'd be very, 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 very excited because they're, they're looking really good. But obviously, top two teams, we know who they're going to be. Second place, I have Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool, like, they're a good team. I see them doing well, but I just think that they just lost the fact of how well City did their business. That... <coughs> that it's just it's tough for them because you obviously Allison's class you have Joel Matip who was the better defender last season he was the best defender there Virgil who got murked by Mitrovic Robinson's good Gomez obviously good Simikas good Alexander Arnold good Kanate has been class for them uh bringing in someone like a Calvin Ramsey and Nathaniel Phillips back really really good I think this is where the big problems going to be because they still rely on James Milner Jordan Henderson and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Those three 
are the three players I see that just have to leave the club. Like Jordan Henderson, yeah, he's a captain, blah, blah, blah. He's not good enough for Liverpool anymore. It's plain and simple. Like Liverpool have obviously outgrown Jordan Henderson. And it's sad to say because he came from, they bought him from Southampton. He's always been a solid player. He's techie as well, you know. He's got the skills. But I just don't see him being good enough. Uh, Thiago's obviously class. Fabinho's been so good. Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott are the two that I'd be so excited for if I was a Liverpool fan. Because those two look electric, and they're so young as well. Even the signing of Fabio Carvalho is so good. Uh, Naby Keita is like, eh. I I was excited for him, but not anymore. Here's the thing. They lost Sadio Mane, but Darwin Nunez, I feel so bad for it because he's been unlucky for his past couple of chances. He's bagged a goal or two, uh, but he's just... It's just tough because he just picked up a red card as well. Uh, so he's going to be out of the selection for a bit. He's out for three games. But still having Luis Diaz, Diego Jota, and Mohamed Salah with Fabio Carvalho to cover. And even Harvey Elliott if you need to as a forward. Because even though Harvey Elliott plays in the midfield, he is technically a winger. He's been brought up as a winger throughout all the Liverpool's academy. Um, I still have faith. If I'm, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'd have faith. But I don't think you're going to be good enough to finish first place. Now, first place, obviously it's Man City. I'm sorry, but like... Man City have built a dynasty. Ederson, Kyle Walker, John Stones, Jao Costello, Imeric Laporte, Ruben Diaz, and plus they just signed Sergio Sergio Gomez, so he's playing out. He's gonna either like rotate a left back, or Jao Costello is just gonna be playing wherever he wants. He's Jao Costello. Uh, you have Kevin De Bruyne, Ilki Silky Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, one of my favorites. Think about how crazy this is. They they spent fifty million dollars. On Calvin Phillips, just as a bench player, as a rotation. Ah, you know, we need some for Audrey once in a while. You know, we'll just get Calvin Phillips. Why not? We'll, just, we'll buy him. Which is absolutely insane to me because I think he starts in a Chelsea team easy. He starts for Manchester United easy, of course. He starts for any Premier League side with ease besides Manchester City. And I think that just shows the leagues and levels they are above everyone else. Uh,. I mean, they're, ta- they're, ta- they're tagging line, man. They have Julian Alvarez, new signing. Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Riyad Mahrez, Erling Holland, who's hit the ground. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys, but this is another Man City season. I've given up as Man United fan. Manchester is blue right now. <sighs> they're just good. They're just they're looking class. I don't think anyone's going to beat them out first place. So, guys, just to give a little recap, this is my... Premier League prediction. So 20th, Bournemouth. 19th, Southampton. 18th, Wolves. 17th, Nottingham Forest. 16th, Everton. 15th, Fulham. 14th, Leeds. 13th, Brentford. 12th, Leicester City. 11th, Aston Villa. 10th, Brighton. 9th, we have Man United. 8th, Crystal Palace, 7th, West Ham, 6th, Newcastle, 5th, Chelsea, 4th, Arsenal, 3rd, Tottenham, 2nd, Liverpool, and lastly, 1st, Man City. So guys, that has been the Premier League predictions. That's what we're going with. That's my 1st is 20th. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, I'm sorry to tell you that you don't like it. But it is what it is. Now... Here's what's happening now. The Premier League, we have some matches coming up. I'm going to give these quick uh, roundups for who I'm going to think what of, like the fixtures, who's going to win, who's not going to win. So we have starting off a Saturday game. 
Tottenham at 7.30 against Wolves. I think Tottenham wins it easy. Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. This is going to be a decider of whether or not my prediction is going to be true or not because I have Villa 11th and Crystal Palace 8th. And this game is a big, big decider. This is going to be where points are going to be either dropped or gained. I don't see this being a draw. I do see Crystal Palace winning it. Everton versus Nottingham Forest. I put my money on Nottingham Forest. I, I I think Nottingham Forest has a better forward line. Uh, they probably have a better they have better defense in my opinion. I I can see Nottingham Forest going going for a win against Everton. Brentford against Fulham. This is gonna be tough because obviously we know Brentford's gonna sit back. They're gonna absorb the press. They're gonna try to counter. But then again, how are you going to absorb the press of Mitrovic, who can run through any line? Uh, I This is the one game I can see either being a draw draw, or going to Fulham's favor. Um, that's where I see it going. It's either going to be a, a draw, nil-nil, or it's going to be a Fulham win. Leicester-Southampton, I think Leicester is going to win. Uh, Southampton is not good enough. Bournemouth... Uh, versus Arsenal. Arsenal's gonna wipe them out. They wipe four with them. That's a that's the games for Saturday. So there's one, two, three, six, six games on Saturday from 7:30 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time. Now Sunday there's only three games. Leeds versus Chelsea. I want to say Chelsea win, but Leeds have been looking really good, especially with Brendan Harrison, Daniel James, Tyler Adams looking good. I just think they're going to crumble defensively with having that forward line of Raheem Sterling, Kai Havertz, and Mason Mount. So, I think Chelsea might get the win. That's why I see. I, I think Chelsea might get the win. It's either going to be a draw or Chelsea win. West Ham versus Brighton. This is tough. This is really, really tough. Ah. Uh, West Ham versus Brighton, man. That's that's tough fixture. Cause they so they lost to Nottingham, they lost to Man City. Nottingham was a big blow, but Man City was of course gonna happen. And if they if they lose to a Nottingham, I think they lose to Brighton. Because I think Brighton's a better team than Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I'm going Brighton win. And then we have uh Man City versus Newcastle. You know what, just for the fun of it, I'm gonna say Newcastle upset. But what's probably going to happen is that Holland's going to bag like a hat trick or something and they're going to win. But um, you know what? Just for the fun, I'm going to say Newcastle wins. Why not? And then Monday, uh, Scrubs versus Liverpool. Uh, Scrub Man United versus Liverpool. I think Liverpool is going to absolutely dog us. Well, actually, no, no, no. Here's the thing, right? So just to get a little context, I was out with a couple of friends and family the other night and we were playing some pool. And my cousin was making a joke. Let's play best uh, two out of three, or whatever. So he, he won the first two games like oh you look like united's form i'm like oh really well i'm gonna win the third game and um i don't know it's like a weird like superstitious thing i have but like i won the third game of pool obviously and it was just like you know like we were saying like how funny would it be if united actually won their third game um i don't see it happening but if it happens guys uh just know that i put it into the ether it's all me it's not ten hog it's not ronaldo it was all Artie. Artie is the reason why they would <laughs> i'm just joking guys uh but yeah I, I see liverpool just wiping the floor with us uh but then again Supposedly, Ten Hag's putting in a new lineup. He's benching Maguire, benching Fred, benching McTominay. Supposedly, Rashford and Sancho might not start. Um, this is going to be a newer team. I hope we see a Malasia, Martinez. Actually, you know what? Here's what I hope. I hope we play a back three. 
with Ron, Lissandro Martinez, and maybe a Lindelof if he's back in the team, if he's not injured anymore. And then we play with uh, some wingbacks, so maybe uh, we have Malasia out left. And then maybe we throw an Alinga out there at the right wingback. Why not? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Try something different. And then midfield, obviously, I think it should be Bruno and Donny. Like, there's no other options in my opinion. And then front three, like I would like, I would like Rashford, Ronaldo, and Sancho. But it, like Rashford, he just doesn't look the same. Like it's scary how much of a different player he looks, because everyone knows Ra- Marcus Rashford from that what was it, fifteen sixteen season to uh, the. 2020-21 season, he was absolutely sensational of a player, prosperous. Um, it's just it's a shame what's been going on with him. He's had a lot of personal stuff, a lot of injuries, uh, not really being managed right. And then Jaden Sancho, biggest mistake was with Manchester United. I feel bad for him. Ronaldo, like I said, I hope his contract is terminated or he gets sold. We're just we need to get rid of him. I, it's 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 a. I feel bad for Ronaldo. But B, you can't have a player at a club that's bigger than the club. And Cristiano Ronaldo is bigger than any club in the world. And I think that's just going to cause issues no matter what. So that's the thing. I mean, Papa Dukes, thanks for texting me. I, I really hope we don't sell James Gardner. James Gardner for Nottingham Forest last season was absolutely sensational. He was so good. Like, oh my God, that's why I love Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper is such a great manager. He's able to take youth players like like Gardner and just really progress them and make them so much better than they are. And like, I want to talk about James Gardner, but no one knows who he is. I hope he stays, but United's probably gonna be stupid and sell him. So yeah, I I think that's, what's going to happen. It's just going to be a a thrashing. Well, here's the thing. What's going to (laughs) be, what's the injuries looking like? So United, we still have Brandon Williams injured. Plus three's injured. They still say Lindelof's injured, but supposedly I heard he's going to be in the team. So we see what happens. Martial's a big blow just because I feel bad for the player. He had such a great preseason. He was really excited to play for the team again. He really likes Ten Hag from a lot of rumors. Uh, we've seen a lot of photos come out of them two smiling, liking each other. He stays a little bit after practice to work with him. Like Martial really, really is thriving under Ten Hag. He really likes Ten Hag. But he's just injured right now. And I, I it just it, it stinks for the player because he's like Anthony Martial is someone who's had such a ceiling that he's never been able to reach that is obviously a lot of potential, a talented player. Like, does I'll, I think everyone forgets his debut goal for Manchester United. He dribbled through a whole entire Liverpool team and just slotted it bottom right. Like, Anthony Martial has obviously been a class player for Manchester United. He's someone who Wayne Rooney liked a lot. Zlatan rated Martial very highly. Um... Even Cristiano Ronaldo, when he first came to United, saw Martial as a decent player. Uh, it's it's tough. It really is tough having a Martial not really living up to the prospects. But in Liverpool's injuries, I would be a little concerned if I'm a Liverpool because Liverpool's injury list is insane. So Chamberlain's injured. Uh, well, the third string goalie's injured. Curtis Jones is injured. Diego Jota is injured. Kanate's injured. Uh, Joel Matip is injured. Tiago is injured, and then Nunez is suspended on a red card. So this would be the first of his three-game suspension. So if there's any game that United could possibly pull one over on Liverpool and pull the wolves over their eyes, this would be it. I think this would be the game to do it, but I think Liverpool's going to also thrash them. So don't trust my opinion. That's how it's going to be. And, guys, that's the Premier League weekend predictions.
Let me think. Is there anything else we could talk about here? Um, Rebels play tonight. New York Rebels versus Atlanta United. That's going to be a fun game. <laughs> I love Dan. Dan's, Dan is a class guy. He's been he's been texting me the whole entire time the show's been going on. And he just texted me, already injured. <laughs> Making the joke of how many injuries there are. Uh, Dan, I love you, buddy. Good guy. Good guy. But we have the New York Rebels versus Atlanta United. Now, the way how the table's looking is that Rebels is clear over Atlanta United. Rebels is in fourth place, whereas Atlanta's in 13th for the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, here's the thing. Atlanta United have conceded a decent amount of goals. So they've conceded 36 goals in comparison to Rebels' 31. Yeah, it's a five-goal difference, but that just, I think, goes to show of either goalkeeping quality or just maybe being on the front foot more defensively. And the Rebels in this new five-at-the-back system are looking really, really good, really threatening. Um, I could, I definitely see this being a Rebels win, without a doubt. I mean, let's, let's look at predicted teams real quick, predicted lineups, because Rebels, what I think their predicted lineup is going to be, they're going to be a five-at-the-back. They're going to have Carlos Miguel in goal, who has been absolutely sensational. Uh, they're going to have a, a center-back pairing of... Let me think, because I think it's going to be Aaron Long, Sean Nealis. I think they have the Nealis brothers together. So I think it's going to be Dylan, Sean, and Aaron Long. Thomas Edwards, John Tolkien out wide. Oh, 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 who look? Ladies and gentlemen, look who is at the door. Um, Let me turn. Oh, you turned yourself on. Okay, Maz, I see. How, you just want to take over my show? I see how it is. That's fine. You've been gone for five weeks. Yeah, but ladies been- and gentlemen, he's finally back. The great Albanian love machine himself, Maz, Armadeus I, Amini. I, I, I have to say, I love your show. I love your shirt right now, Latino World Order. Oh, bro, it's a great wrestling shirt. Yeah, you know great what I'm wrestling shirt. Gotta I love, love it. it. Love it. Thank you. But Maz, we were just. Uh, I don't know if you were listening. I know you listen to your car ride sometimes, but I did my whole uh, top twenty Premier League predictions. Oof! Did you hear them at all or no? Uh, I literally just pulled into the parking lot, <laughs> and we had a little planning of our own to do, so I did miss it. So, you want me to read it off for you real quick? Yes. So, 20th, I have Bournemouth. I like it. 19th, Southampton. Okay. <laughs> 18th, 18th, I have Wolves, bro. Wolves is getting relegated. Are you serious Yes, I'm right being now? 110% serious. You are absolutely insane. You want to know what it is? I, no, here, here's, here's my defense on the show, right? You guys lost a major center back. Yeah. And you're relying on a very young defense and someone in a Max Kilman and a, what was it, Nathan Collins, I think? I forgot. Anyways. Uh, but also, like, who, like, don't get me wrong. Gonzalo Guedes is a great signing. He's going to be a great creator for you. But Huangi Chan has been able to score for you. Raul Jimenez is injured and has been the same player since his head injury. Um, you have uh, Pedro Neto who's coming back from injury, but still, you can't rely on just one player. Yeah. But you're missing some vital pieces here. Don't oh forget. Oh, my God. You... Dude, what is with the Ruben Neves hate? It's not, I don't hate Ruben Neves, but the way how you look at him is not the right way to that look at him. That guy can change a team. Yeah, but he... he but, okay, so Maz and I have been arguing over text about this. He says that Ruben Neves is a perfect player for Manchester United. He's a great CDM. I, I disagree he with He can be. He, listen, he's better than McTominay. Of, of course. He's better than Fred. Because uh, he's like, more consistent than Fred. I, I'm about to say, I'm about to say, you you can't just say that they're better than two absolutely garbage players. Like we know this already. Hold, I'd I'd argue that he's better than Bruno, because okay, Bruno. Okay, okay. I'll tell you right now, Bruno is either really good 
or he's nowhere to be found. But you know what it is? Bruno has been inconsistent ever since Ronaldo came to the club. I guess. Because Ronaldo takes a lot of like gravitas away from Bruno because Bruno's used to being a starlet for a club. That's fine, but when a player like Ronaldo comes in, that's what's going to happen, so learn to... Mix in with it or get going, bro. It is what it is. Well, Not that well he's Ronaldo's going leaving, so I'm I'm excited. I really hope Ronaldo leaves. I hope his contract gets terminated or gets sold. We talked about this already. What is with the hate for Ronaldo? There's no bro. hate. I just I think he deserves a better club, and I think okay. at Manchester United you can't have a player that's bigger than the club because Ronaldo's bigger than any club in the world. Okay, I feel like you guys just honestly need to just stop with the Frankie de Jong fantasy. Well, that... Because that's just in purgatory. It's not happening anytime I, soon. I, I already gave up on that a while so, ago, so... you guys should be looking at other places in the midfield. And Ruben Neves is a guy who can do both. He creates well. One of the best long passers in the game currently. All right. I mean, there's there's a lot of people in the Prem that's better than him, dude. Dude, he's quality, and that's I'm not lie. what yeah, you're you, missing. Yeah, but like you're you're trying you're saying one of the best, but you're trying to compare him to the likes of like a Kevin De Bruyne, Mateo Kovacic. Okay, I'm not saying that he's on a De Bruyne. No, I'm not saying that he's on a De Bruyne level. I'm saying that he is probably like two steps behind that. I don't know if he'll ever listen. KDB is one of the best players we've ever seen in the prem. Oh yeah. <sighs> all right, like there's people that have them, him in their starting eleven all time in the prem. I don't know if I'm there yet. He's clearly on his way. And for me, it's just, I, I don't know. I think for the players that are left on the board, I'd rather take a chance with a Ruben Neves, especially like, dude, Wolves, you have to remember, they Jota's gone. This is a club that whenever somebody gets built up, they're out the door the next season. Yeah, but I if I'm Wolves, I can't afford to sell Ruben Neves this season especially. I don't know. I think they're going to do it, and I think they're going to just use the money to just go younger and just keep on bringing in younger talent. Well, Supposedly you guys are bringing in Matias Nunez, and that'd be a good replacement. For sure. But you, but then you're still going to be relying on the likes of uh, Ja Moutinho. Yeah. But, like, he's what? He's 37, 38? Dude, he shouldn't be playing anymore. I'm sorry. Like, he's such a class player, but, like, it's getting to the point where we can't keep relying. Like, he's got to be a super sub, dude. And not even a super sub, just like, hey, congratulations. If there's, like, an 80th minute free kick, put him on. Yeah. You know? I don't want to see Joe Moutinho playing ja, ja, regular ja, football. Joe ja Moutinho is the equivalent of James Ward-Prowse, but like if James Ward-Prowse is 38 years old. Yeah, dude, I, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he it, it's past him. Anyway, so let me continue with this. 17th, I have Nottingham, Nottingham Forest surviving. Over Wolves. Just because of Jesse Lingard. <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. Okay, no. But if you actually look at Nottingham's signings and how they've been playing so far, I think it's a reason to do it. Did the match week ratings go down on the vacation? No, actually. They they went up like exponentially. That's the only reason that I could figure why Wolves is in relegation. Continue. Um, 16th, Everton. Okay. The, uh, but I kept saying this about Everton. They just don't have a forward, like, a forward to like rely on. Mm-hmm. DCL always gets injured. Dominic Averloin. Yeah. Uh, Salomon Rondon's not solid enough, but that, that midfield is just solid. Like The defense, they've bought in some players that are really good. So I, that's what my point was, is that they're going to have a solid defense, a solid midfield, but no one in the front to really secure for them, even since they lost for Charleston. I actually think that you have them just a little too low for me. I think they'll actually, because of the players that they have, I think they'll be slightly higher up well, on the list. Here's, here's my rationale for the rest. So 15th Fulham, I think because of the likes of Brennan Arison, Tyler Adams, Jesse March revitalizing that team. I'm sold on them. Yeah, I, I, really, I yeah. think they're. I think you got them too low. Still, I I've got no, more. No, but, but listen, them. listen. But then there's also Brentford at 13th. No, no, wait. I'm sorry. Leeds at 14th. Fulham at 15th. Okay. Fulham because of Mitrovic. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mitrovic class. You just not see what we did the Van Dyke, bro? Yeah, dude. <laughs> he, tur- he turned him he <laughs> had sideways, him bro. Always, bro. Oh my god, disgusting. Thirteenth, uh, Brentford. I just think that Brentford are going to do really well at just like absorbing pressure, counterattacking very well. Um, having a team that can concede three goals on mistakes. That that's that's their <laughs> big thing. <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank you. Twelfth, um, Leicester, I think because they sold Schmeichel. Mm-hmm. They haven't really reinforced the team. They have a lot of injuries, a lot of inconsistent players. Uh, they start, they're still relying on a Jamie Vardy. They still have Pots and Daka and uh, Nacho, but I don't think it's enough. I would concur. Yeah. Uh, 11th, Aston Villa. Oh, I hate to say that because they're rivals, but yeah. No, but it, it's just the only reason why I say 11th Aston Villa is because uh, Diego Carlos doesn't look like he's meshing well with the team, even though he's he suffered a slight knock right now. Um, they still have Bubakar Kamara. They still have a solid front line. My biggest gripe with them, I explained to the audience, was that Danny Ings is just not good enough for them. I would, yeah, dude. He Talk about another guy who is... I don't want to see him playing every day. Like, it, it's, well, it, like at Southampton, he was a different player. Like... I, he was obviously solid, 15 goals a season player, mm-hmm. but it's just not he's not hitting the ground running at Aston Villa. He's slowing down, dude. Yeah. This is this is what's going on. I, I don't know if it's the and new now, club. For me, I think it's the age. I don't think it's the age. I think it's just the club's not built around him. Like at Southampton, he was able to thrive because he was the player. But when you have players like uh, uh, Buendia, mm-hmm. you have Philippe Coutinho, like no one's going to really rely on you anymore. And then for 10th, I have Brighton. Dude, they've they, been playing quality football. I was the last saying, I was saying this, seasons. dude. Danny, Danny Welbeck, these first two games has looked sensational. Mm-hmm. I have not seen him play this well in a very long time. That whole team, I just like whenever it's like last season, you could not look at that. Usually, that would be a game where it's like, oh, I'm not watching it. Like who now, cares? Now you love to watch. Now it. it's like, okay, this might not even be a win for a club that you think should smash them. Yeah, exactly. My ninth place, I put Manchester United. Like seriously, ninth place. I love that you did that. Um, is that contingent on not signing anybody? I it's contingent on whether or not the club does a whole rebuild. Okay. If if because if they get rid of Ronaldo, they get rid of all this dead wood and just like say, you know what, we're gonna rely on the players we have, rely on our youth, and just play out the games. I respect it. Hi, respect it highly from uh, Ten Hag. Okay. Um, eighth, Crystal Palace. Yeah, Crystal Palace been looking. I got so angry. People were like, oh, Arsenal breezed over them. Like, are you kidding me? Arsenal got was lucky with the second goal being own goal, and they were absolutely getting pinched the whole entire game. Hey, I'm just gonna say this. I said Arsenal was gonna be nice this season, and so far, uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I'm on the upwards don't trend, worry, baby. Don't worry, I I got my predictions here. Um, seventh, West Ham. I just think they're gonna stay where they were because they've signed but not signed enough mm-hmm. in certain spots. Like they've sold too much in the defense. And they've signed too much in the attack, and they don't really have that much midfield depth. Sixth, Newcastle. I think Newcastle, they just look sensational this season. Mm-hmm. They're coming off of great form. They have Saudi Arabian money, so they can just drop as much money as they want. Yep. Uh, fifth, Chelsea. Don't think they're going to be good enough. Arsenal, fourth. Tottenham, third. Liverpool, second. Man City, first. Um, if Ronaldo ends up out of Chelsea, that stock's going through the roof for me. Uh, he's not going to go there. So Where do you think he's going? I think he's going back to sporting. So Stop no. it. No, you want to know why I say this? Because Ronaldo does not care about the about the competition anymore. He cares about playing in the Champions League. 
He wants to solidify his legacy as a Champions League all-time goal scorer. And that is where I'm going to leave it today. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening Top of the Hour on WMSC Upper Montclair. And this is Matchup.